One week ago, the ironclad Westbreaker set out on her voyage away from the dazzling tropics of Hushwave City for harsher climes northwest. Her inventor began work on deciphering her prize, the ancient book, in the heat, noise, and chaos of her engine room. Her commander has attempted to fit in among the crew and, by and large, has failed so far. Penelope Hunter, eager as always for a new experience, redoubled her efforts to learn about the floating fortress. Jonathan Cobbler, always willing to work, found himself pulled between teaching and sailing. Tissa did what she does best in an unfamiliar place, found herself a spot to sit and listen. Listen to the crew, listen to the waves, and listen to the whispering voice of destiny calling from over her shoulder. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I'm your hostess, Kat, and I also wrote this part in advance. With me are tonight, our Kirsten, who didn't know I had a script. Hi! <laughs> Terrible! That was also scripted. We have Nick, who is about to try and torpedo this. Mm, I don't feel like it today. <laughs> According to my script, Nick is the worst. <laughs> Finally, we have Kathleen, who I can trust to take us back somewhere less hostile. I am so impressed by how well prepared you are today. <laughs> For once. <laughs> You'll be less impressed as we get on because I have not prepared much for this week. What's happened is, uh, first of all, I do have a bit of a retcon because I have been researching icebreakers and it turns out that sail-powered icebreakers were definitely in existence prior to the existence of steam power. So the primary means of propulsion on the Westbreaker is sail. Um, she has an engine room and the engine room gets use and it's going to see a lot of use once we hit the coast, but... We don't have a bunch of people in the bottom rowing. Maybe you don't have to retro like retcon it too too hard. Maybe it's like there were sales, but like Clara really, really was excited about the idea of doing something different. My my retcon was that Clara was confusing her current model with the previous one. Okay. Because she's been through a couple prototypes and she just got excited. Big excite. The first question I'm gonna ask you guys is what is aboard this ship? The Westbreaker is large enough for a crew of about, I'm going to say about a dozen, you guys included. There are a lot of rooms on the Westbreaker. And since it's your ship, what are you using these rooms for? Mm, well, one is for Pollyanna. She has a room. She and, never goes uh, in her room. Tell me more about Polly's cabin. And how we get her into into her cabin. Um, It's way too decorated because I went a little bit overboard. She doesn't need it. She doesn't care. Probably like 80% of the flowers are already eaten now. It has areas of like hay for her to sleep on. Yeah, I'd say it's probably one of the bigger rooms being as she is a pony. Does need, well, and... An elk, which is even bigger than a pony, so does need quite a bit of space. Yeah, I hope everyone's okay with Polly getting, like, the master suite. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, the bigger question is, we, we've given her this room. Does she even use it? Honestly, barely. Just to eat the flowers that I put in there, because I think she likes it decorated. Yeah, no, well, she likes to eat flowers. She mm. thinks they're delicious. Um, she'll go in there if the weather is particularly bad. Or admittedly, if she's tired. Mm -hmm. But she 
mostly seems to be fine either on the deck or flying around the ship. My, I guess my next question is, Tissa, what kind of, what kind of spaces do you want to have on this ship? Tissa has absolutely no idea what to do with an entire room. I don't think that she has had an entire room that's like been hers for more than a couple of nights in a decade. So maybe, maybe she has a place where she can sit and write if she wants to like keep a journal or transfer from her notes of the record of the Magi to a like nicer version where she has jotted down the cycles of the moon and other things that she thinks is important for understanding Hector's story in it. But I think she prefers to be outside also when she can. I wonder if she like didn't just set up her bedroll on the floor of it at first. <laughs> just like, oh, this is the campsite. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she is a little bit in culture shock, I think. She grew up on the seaside, um, was in small fishing boats, like are what the sea is for her, where you go out probably still within sight of land and come back like within the day. So this is all like very different for her. Okay. What about Cobb? The small room that he has, he's first off kind of surprised because the ship that he used to be on, like was a little more cramped than this. This is kind of the Rolls-Royce of ships for him. It's a little little much. He's used to, like, hot bunks and that kind of stuff. But he's not complaining. Yeah. I mean, whether or not he'll admit it, it's his ship, so he, tech- he, he has to have a cabin. Yeah. Most of the stuff in his backpack has kind of, like, exploded out to the various parts of his room. Um, so he, he is no longer carrying around a large pack. He's, he's got all of his stuff everywhere. Uh, he, he appreciates having like having a place to keep all of his stuff again. Okay. And he appreciates the fact that the room makes the like moves the correct way. Yeah. Okay. So I've talked to you guys about what you're doing on the ship. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what kinds of scenes would you guys like to do on boat? You guys have talked about a couple things, but what we're doing today is, uh, a little interstitial episode. Before we start the next arc, this isn't formally part of anyone's character arc. This is just settling into what is going to become kind of a headquarters for you guys for a while. The Westbreaker. Oh, before we get started, I would like everybody to take four levels in Tidal Navigator skills or in Volcanic Tracker skills. Oh. Ooh. Yay. Four levels? Four levels because you guys finished the last arc. So and so and sorry, you said tidal or volcanic. Yes. Ooh, what does volcanic get? I mean, obviously, I know what I get. The volcanic tracker list is. Give me a second. Survival, tropical, melee weapons, tactics, medicine, and navigation. I think I'll definitely be taking a little bit of navigation because we did that a lot. Yeah. You know what? I think I might take. Ooh, I'm torn between tactics and navigation. I'm very bad at navigation. However, it might be good to have a little bit of tactics. So I'm going to take some tactics. Okay. Big tactics. Well, I, I mean, also, I could take a bit of nav and a bit of tactics. I have that power. I picked survival, melee weapons, navigation, and athletics, because I did a lot of all of that. You did a lot of all those things, yes. 
That was that was big. All of that. I took a level in survival. Um, I took a level in navigation, and I took two tactics. Tissa knows how to use a sextant now, so her navigation rolls are going to be even more overpowered. This is this is absolutely true. Ultimate navigation upgrade. <laughs> I would say I learned tactics not necessarily by doing tactics well, but by doing, you know, learning from failure of like, maybe <laughs> don't, you know, offer people as uh, to a prince, um, you know, <laughs> things like that. Maybe don't make shit tons of noise. You did a good job uh, kiting the um, pillow ray or around. Oh, (laughs) the shark. Uh, Oh, that was, yeah, yeah, it went, it went pretty good, but it took me a while to figure out that I had, you know, um, what combination was it again? That was like, basically allowed me to fix the mast. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. To to fix the mast, yes, that that you had mending. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to Mending shark. (laughs) Guys. Okay, we can do it, all right? We can do it. If we all work together, we can all stay quiet long enough for Kathleen to tell us what she's taking. <laughs> I think I'm going to take uh, tactics, navigation, and survival nautical one point, and I don't know what to do with the fourth one. Sadly, there is no shark skill. I guess that's survival nautical. Yeah. We already took that. Yeah. I would like to take demons, but that's not an option here. I mean, because you interacted with a noble demon, I wouldn't object to you taking the spirit skill. Yeah, so I was thinking like another, another like if you would let me doing a spirits or maybe another focus because I did do a lot of thinking about where magic is. Yeah, you know what? You definitely used those skills, so take your pick of those. Absolutely. Okay, I think I'll take another focus. So the Westbreaker has a galley. It is uh, large enough to fit the the ship's crew. It has an engine room, which kind of doubles as a workshop. And that's where Clara is virtually all of the time. There is, it's called a map room, but every so often Marcus slips and calls it the war room. And that's very often where he can be found. You guys have your own cabins. And we also have our very luxe princess stable. Mm -hmm. The Westbreaker is operated by sails. It has a crow's nest. It has all kinds of ropes for a cob to play around on. And you guys have been at sea for about a week now. So my next question is, what are you doing? Cobb is, aside from making sure that the ship is running correctly and, you know, where everybody's doing what they're supposed to, he has a lot of uh, teaching duties that he's, that he's taken on this time. <laughs> yep. He has, he has agreed not only to teach Clara about getting in shape because he kind of just won the contest by beating her at a foot race, which, yep. which, is, which is a big, like, that's, that's his uh, prideful way of saying that he respects her boat. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't want to, doesn't totally want to go back on the whole, like, mm, I don't know about these steam-powered boats, but... yeah. But he he uh he respects it. He respects the boat. Okay, so let's do that scene then. Um, who wants to get in on Cobb's exercise lessons? Sure. 
It's a resounding silence. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I said short. No, I know. Oh, I know. Okay. Our third party member, however. <laughs> no, I think that Tiss is probably doing something else during this. Okay. Tissa is not much for, for mourning. I don't think calisthenics had been invented by that point, but definitely some carrying buckets of water around and mm-hmm. the, the, the little things that you can do on the ship. You know, hey, here's how, you know, push-ups, that sort of, that sort of fun thing. So morning has come. Um, Cobb is, I'm assuming, an early riser when he's at sea. Yes, Cobb is whatever the sun is doing. That is when he is up. Okay. So... It's a nice, crisp morning. There's a slight wind. The air is damp and the sun is pale. And it is the day that we have agreed to do Cobb's exercise lessons. And it is time. It is time to gather your students. And the door to the engine room is shut. Okay, Clara. Okay. Yeah. I um I'm sure uh, I'm sure Penelope is out like bright and early. Oh, no no That's... no. She's she's not an early riser. <laughs> no, just, just no nobody it's just Cobb Cobb. Well, I'm sure the other Tissa the other might be still up from last night sort of depending on like what the stars were doing and maybe what Hector has said recently. Okay, yeah, Tissa is still awake um watching Cobb as he attempts to gather his students. Cobb just kind of like glares at Tissa and just sort of go to bed. <sighs> yeah, okay, fine. Look, <laughs> we we need everybody here to not be passing out on the boat. It's important. Go to bed. Uh, I guess noon's not. Yeah, okay. Okay, sure. Uh, you're are you doing the thing today? Yes, yes, we are doing the thing today. Whether they whether they like it or not, they agreed to this, so we're all going to we're all we're going you know what we're gonna have fun. Like this is this is this is gonna be a fun time. Everybody's going to uh everybody's gonna learn they're gonna learn why the sea is great. I hope so. Mm, the sea is great. Thank you. Now go to bed. Yeah, fine. So whose door are we knocking on first? Um, yeah, definitely Penelope first. I figured like the engine room is going to be at the end of the, of the hold. Yeah. So big, big, loud knock on the door. Pen- Penelope, come on. You said, you said in the morning. Oh, by the way, um, if Penelope has her own separate room, she often just ends up sleeping in Pollyanna's room anyway. I figured. So, I have a question. What kind of door does Pollyanna's room have? Can she open it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because she's also an early riser. She's out on the deck. So I guess, like, I hear the knocking. Uh, what? Uh, 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 Come on, get it together. It's time to go. It, it's the, the, the sun hasn't even come up up yet. Uh, okay, the give, sun, give the me. Sun will be, the sun will be fully up here in like 10 minutes. You've got 10 minutes to get ready. Uh, okay, okay. I'll be, I'm, I'm, I'm getting up. I'm just, I'm just. Stretching. Okay. All right. Up. All right. I'll be back. You better be ready. No respect. Kids these days. Kids these days. 
But now, now that we have we have introduced ourselves, uh, at least to uh, to Penelope, it's time to go wake up the true student. Yeah. Okay. So you go have a knock on the on the engine room door. Yeah. Knock on the engine room door, Clara. Huh? Yeah. It's come on. We're we're doing what? Thought you you agreed to this. Come on. It's time to get up. Sorry, can't hear you, engine. We're in sail mode. The engine's not on. How would you know? You don't know anything about engines. (laughs) Come on, time to get up. She's right, you know, you don't. (laughs) I mean, I can't hear you. Engines. (laughs) Come on. Look. This is the reason why I beat you. This is the reason why we won the race. You've proven that your ship is fine, but if you're going to be a sailor, you have to, you know, be able to survive out on the seas. Good at lifting stuff. And she she does eventually open the door and everything in the engine room is everywhere. Uh, mm. Is it supposed to? You know what? Never mind. Um, <laughs> She kind of rubs her eyes. She's kind of she's kind of disheveled, as if she fell asleep on a book on her desk. That's okay. We'll get some we'll get some sea air and some some uh-huh. salt breeze all up uh, all up in your face. It'll wake you right up. You'll be you'll be great. And hey, we'll even get uh, we'll get some coffee going. We'll have that after uh, after morning exercise. Come on. Uh, I'm already good at lifting stuff. Yes. But this is less about that and more about the fact that, you know, like, endurance. I thought you were making Red do it, too. She'll be here Mm. eventually. She better be. She shuffles out. She has a croissant in her hand already. You don't know where she got it from. Hey. Hmm? There's breakfast. Oh, oh, no, I, uh, that's from my bag. But do you want one? I can get one. Cobb actually grabs the croissant after. Ap- no, no, after, mm. after breakfast. After, mm. like if you eat, if you eat too much before before we do this, you're just going to get sick. All right. You're, like you're already a sounds, little woozy from the. It sounds horrible. I hate exercise. <laughs> yes, but I won, so we're do we're doing this. That wasn't part of the deal. So you uh, you drag your classmates, I'm assuming, out onto the deck. Come on, let's let's go. Was, we don't have a lot of room here, but I, I've learned plenty of things that'll get you in shape. That'll get your your heart pumping and and your lungs breathing, and uh, you'll be you'll be doing great, even on something like a ship. Besides, you get to be out. It's you know, with you get to watch the sunrise. You get to you know, you get the spray of the sea. Oh, it's like, come on. I don't think you're you're selling this the way that you're hoping. Look, once you get good at this, it'll make you know, it'll it'll make doing your other stuff good too. You'll you'll read better. Yeah, totally, one hundred percent guaranteed. Um, all right. Okay. So, um, what? What? What's the first? What do we do? You're just gonna you're just gonna let that one go, huh? You're just gonna let him get away with that one, huh? Okay. All right. Cool. I'm speaking big truths here, Clara. Keep up. Mm, uh, fine. But then breakfast. Yes, then breakfast. But first we have to do warm-ups. You're both you both just got up. You're gonna be stiff. We gotta work a lot of that out. Come on, follow me. Do what I do. And and Cobb's gonna sort of go through a basic like warm-up, you know, simple stretching, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I mean, Clara is, I mean, still making that sound, but she is going along with it. 
She's still making that noise, but she's she's playing along with you. Cobb is, he's come to the conclusion that as long as she's doing the work, if she's making noise, he can live with that. And eventually Marcus wakes up and he's just kind of found a spot on the deck to settle down with a book and a coffee. He's leaving this one alone. Morning, Marcus. Uh, oh, good morning, Miss Hunter. Actually, what is Marcus's athletics? I always imagined him and Cobb to be about equally as, uh, like, equally in shape. He's not quite as athletic as Cobb is. But Cobb is definitely, like, Cobb is full-on, always climbing things. This is true. Marcus is in shape enough for soldiering, but not driven to the same length that Cobb is. He definitely doesn't see a need to participate in this, though. (laughs) He's really much more comfortable just watching. And if he is laughing, he does so very quietly. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, if if Cobb catches Marcus, like, laughing, he's going to make him join in. I think he's aware of this. I think he's extremely aware of that. Like, I, Cobb, Cobb is kind of giving him some leeway because, again, they're both roughly, I, again, in my mind, they're both roughly the same size. So Cobb kind of figures that he's he's getting along. But yeah. if he senses weakness, he know. senses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think he's aware of that. Um, every so often, Clara's whining turns into commander. <laughs> but uh, Marcus is not intervening at all. He's, uh, he's not at all here to come to the rescue. He just likes reading out on the deck. <laughs> Do the Aurora Legion have some sort of equivalent cliche to every Marine or Rifleman? Probably. You haven't heard any from them, but mm-hmm. I think Clara realizes pretty quickly that, that she's not going to be rescued by her commanding officer. Cobb is also going to kind of like give Marcus a, a sort of like, not a serious disapproving glare, but uh, a somewhat snarky disapproving glare that he's let one of his, uh, what, were, what are the, the crusaders, one of his fellow crusaders fall behind on her training. And yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, she's engineering corps, so um, they don't usually push her very hard. And one thing that you've kind of noticed is that Marcus tends to spoil Clara a little bit. She definitely gets away with a lot of unsoldierly behavior. Like, for instance, declaring your boat duel. Well... While you're on the boat, you're part of my crew. And our rules, the crew rules come first. And the crew rules state, it's time for morning exercise. What's on the menu once the warm-ups are done? So the, the big thing that, that Cobb is going to try and do here is he's going to try and get, we're going to try and get some endurance, uh, endurance training here, you know, run, uh, probably some agility training, run to, uh, you know, like start at the, the front of the boat, run to, uh, like, the run to the first rigging, come back, run to the second rigging, come back, that kind of thing. Like mm. Wind sprints. Wind sprints, that sort of, like stuff that you can do in a very small area. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you already know that Clara's Achilles heel is running. Yeah. <laughs> She's not good at it. Um, how, how good is Penelope at endurance running? She's decent. Her endurance probably isn't as great as Cobb, but she grew up on a ranch, so she doesn't train the same way as Cobb most of her um, athleticism comes just from her day-to-day work. And of course, obviously, the one good thing that you can always get in addition to training is uh, towards the end, we're going we're gonna to throw them the mop and say, all right, you have 10 minutes to wipe the deck. Get to it. Why are you mean? This will be no problem in a week or so. Cobb, are by you the, sure this isn't just where we're going. us cleaning the boat? 
Well... You can't make me. You're not my commanding officer. While we're on the ship, I am certainly your commanding officer. One of them, at least. And Yeah, Marcus just shrugs, and that's the extent to which he's getting involved in this. We also do need to, you know, clean the boat. This, this, this knocks out, you know, this gets two birds with one stone. Come on. Sure. Cleaning. The easiest way to build endurance is just to clean like your life depends on it. All right, all right. So I start kind of uh, polishing the deck. I think Clara polishes as much of the deck, or rather as little of the deck as she can get away with. <laughs> She's kind of very closely watching Penelope's pace to see how much of the work she can get away with making Penelope do. <laughs> <laughs> That's tactics. Uh, well, good job. Ooh, that was a lot. <laughs> no, no, come on. Look, <laughs> you're going to spend more time and effort getting out of work than, than it'll be if you actually just do the work. Come on. If it's time and effort, then I'm certainly training something, probably. <laughs> That's the spirit. Yeah. Ingenuity. Mm-hmm. You have plenty of that. You don't need mm-hmm. to train that. That's like saying you don't need to train your muscles. Just because you have them doesn't mean you're always going to have them. Got to keep sharp. Well, keep sharp on your own time. Right now, right now we're getting in shape. Come on. And she eventually, she is still very much trying to see how much of the work she can make Penelope do. But she does some of the work. She does approximately, what do you think, Kirsten? Two thirds, uh, a third of the work, rather? Yeah, seems about right. Yeah. Well, you two did a good job, but I think I think Penelope did more of a job. We'll have to work on that, but... Hey. All right, you've earned it. Come on, let's go get breakfast. Breakfast! Sweet! And Penelope grabs another croissant out of her pocket and just starts eating right then. What? <laughs> were, no! Were you, were you cleaning with that in your pocket? Yeah. Well, you said that we couldn't have breakfast first, so I just kind of put it in my you pocket. Isn't... Isn't that soggy? It's, it's a little soggy. It's all right, though. Also, by the way, she's getting crumbs on the floor that was just, like, just freshly well, cleaned. <laughs> with all this, with all, like, being on the ocean, she probably isn't. It's probably sort of all, like, it's like saltwater taffy, but a croissant. And <laughs> which when, you, when, you, when you think Ugh. about it, like, I'm sure Penelope Yuck. is fine with, but Cobb is, Cobb is going to kind of give the saltwater croissant the side eye. <laughs> let's let's go get some coffee. This is why I made her do most of it. She made most of the mess. <laughs> coffee. And then back to work. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, then mm-hmm. we have then we just have morning ship duties, but but you did Yeah. Mm-hmm. You did passable today. We'll we'll Passable. We'll, we'll work on it. This was a good one-time experiment. Bye. <laughs> Cobb just kind of looks around. Where, where, do, where, where do you think you're going? We're on a ship. There will be tomorrow. Bye. <laughs> ah, she'll love it by the end of the week. Well, maybe. Take another bite of the salt taffy croissant. Horrible. <laughs> Cobb is completely convinced that everybody will love sailing as much as he does if they're just exposed to it for long enough. <laughs> Horrible. He is still extremely suspicious of the saltwater croissant. So my next question, um, Kathleen, there was a scene you wanted to do, right? Um, after the incident on the boat in which Tissa found a cool harp 
and had to leave the cool harp there and feels that she probably could have taken the cool harp with her if she knew how to play an instrument or like how music worked in general. Her player Kathleen took a point in performance, but I've never been able to find a place to justify me taking that point of in performance until now. You know who's always talking about knowing how to sing and also to play accordion? It's Cobb. Oh, yeah, I remember now. So um, I think that be maybe it's evening or maybe we are trimming sails or hoisting or something that involves a work song. Or maybe we're just having like an evening recreational sort of thing and Cobb has, is or has just treated us to a rendition of something. Yeah, I like I like after dinner. I like everybody's in the galley after dinner. You know, this is the time when it's time to sing. Yeah, that sounds good. What kind of songs does Cobb sing? I mean, Cobb obviously mostly sings sea shanties. Mm-hmm. I'm also imagining that Cobb is using his uh, Cobb uses his adaptability to sing. Oh um, no! <laughs> so Cobb. Cobb is kind of a weird, jazzy accordion guy. <laughs> he is. <laughs> That's very shantyish, actually. Yeah, like he Cobb is one hundred percent not properly trained. Like not at all. Like Cobb is good at singing, but Cobb is largely naturally good at singing mm. and just does it a whole lot. Okay, so with a couple exceptions, people who are sleeping because they're preparing for a late night watch, people who are currently on the deck keeping watch, most of the crew is in the galley right now. Clara has finished a plate of mostly just meat, despite repeated scoldings, I'm assuming, by both Cobb and Marcus. Marcus is enjoying an after-dinner drink. He's got a book in his lap, and he's kind of... um, looking out the the porthole every so often. Most of what you can see is just occasional splashing, but doesn't seem to bother him. What about Tessa and Penelope? Penelope is finishing putting food in her face because it's dinner time and that's her favorite thing to do. Um, probably f- finishing off with a a drink of sorts, you know, maybe some like tea or whatever. Chilling, finishing off the last bits of her meal. Mm, And so Tissa's been eating, but if it is singing time, she always, like, immediately is very much paying attention. Like, always super into that. But um, if it is not singing time yet, maybe she starts the conversation with, Hey, hey, um, that thing that you were singing last night, um, why does it, it always, like... How does it work? What, the accordion or the singing? Um, I guess just thinking about how, how the, the song. Yeah, big guy, how does the song? <laughs> Physics. Oh, uh, well, I suppose that one I learned, oh, quite a while ago from, uh, one of my old, one of my old shipmates, um. I don't know where he got it from. He says it was just something that he's known for a long time. But, I mean, the... Oh, boy, how do I, like... <clears throat> Physics. Uh, y- y- yes? Sure. Uh, you see? <laughs> it, like, 
like a chart appears out of nowhere, <laughs> a flip chart. <laughs> when something causes a vibration in the air, that vibration reaches a human's ear and they, causes they, the perception of sound. Hey, thank you, Clara. Yeah. That makes if everything so much I know about clearer. It's physics. Mm-hmm. So Penelope mm-hmm. still has no idea what... I'm glad I could help. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's and Cobb just he Cobb kind of puzzles for a moment and he's like, "Well, it's kind of like yelling but very nicely." And furthermore, when a wave has precisely the right yes, yes, thank you. precisely the right shape, it forms a harmonic or a standing wave, and these are the waves thank that the human you, ear too. perceives as musical notes. Thank and you, Clara. Cobb is like trying to like slowly push her into That's why the other room. Look, you're not. Poor Clara. That's why you string. Bye. All right, look, singing bye. is. Bye. Yes, bye. Look, singing is not that complicated. I mean, I guess it could be, but it's not the way that I do it. Mm. How do you Just, know? How do you know where to start? Cause, cause when when you when you start like when you're you're singing, like like you always seem to like come back to some place. Well, I just like I use what I've been sort of what I've picked up over the years and a couple of things that folks have told me. Well, I guess the first thing is just you know you just you know copy what you hear like a, like a parrot. Okay, is that what those bits are for when? You sing the thing, and then you sing the same thing again, but then you do the different thing between doing the same thing. Is the is the same thing bit for for learning? Uh, yeah. Plus, you know, it sounds nice. Yeah, I think uh, we spend some time, and Cobb teaches kind of like a basic little little ditty, probably about Augustine. Yeah. So the gang knows a. A pretty simple little shanty that everyone can sing that's dedicated to the prettiest and least sense-making of Daleths, which brings the conversation around a little bit. What's it like having someone who talks to you a lot? Because I'm pretty sure that it's going to start a new sentence in the in in the record tomorrow but i think that that the king of the desert maybe talked to me once like directly or i, I don't know like how does the king of the desert talk augustine is fitful hmm. that's a good word for it frantic Sometimes the king of the desert knows more about everything than you do. It doesn't matter what it is. It just seems like like the king of the desert knows things and and Hector regardless of what Hector knows, Hector understands things and when you're there I wasn't even that close. When you're there, you understand them too. But, 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 
that was like minutes. That was minutes once, and then everything else is the record. And you can read the record, and it's not. It's it's like how in the in 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 the song about Augustine, there's a different story, and then everyone talks about it. It's like that, except every different word is a whole day, and so you can read those. But but the word the. When Hector says the word "the" to you, it's it's not just the article; it's everything that happened to you, and it doesn't look right on paper. Hmm. Hmm. I have to say that's that seems uh, somewhat disconcerting. Marcus has, has closed his book now and is just kind of silently on the edge of the conversation with his drink. But, like, I see you sometimes. You always say that Augustine doesn't make any sense. But, but when Augustine is saying things, you pay attention and, and you seem to talk back sometimes. And that's really interesting to me. Oh, well, I I just tend to talk back if I ever hear someone talking to me. I'm pretty certain Augustine can't hear me, and if they do, they don't pay that much attention to me. But it gives me something to do. Hmm. That's, that's interesting because, like, with Tamaris, I end up more talking to her than I hear back from her. Kind of... It may seem a little one-sided. I know she's listening, but... Um... Does Tamaris ever say anything? Um, I, I've heard her twice. Once when, um, when I first found the floating island, and then another time when I helped, um, cure a, um an epidemic that was spreading through our ranch and the ranch of our in our village. And that's the only times I've heard her speak to me. But when she does, she speaks pretty pretty clearly and without um like she says exactly what she means to say. Is it what you're supposed to hear? Mm-hmm. I I believe so. Um, um it seems that when she spoke to me, it was at important points. And um, she just seems to be content that she knows you are there and happy that you're, um, when you're doing, you know, things that are along her, along her nature, you know, to help and, and um, bring, you know, happiness to others. So you think she wants something? That she wants something? Um, yeah. Well, uh, she doesn't necessarily have a specific desire that I know of. I think she just seems to be, you know, um, happy when you are happy and making others happy. It's more huh. a contentment. See, I'm gonna sensitivity humanity to see if I notice Marcus. Yeah, that's a good 
That's... He sometimes tries not to be noticed. <laughs> one success, one edge. I think we're going to go with your usual sensitivity humanity. Okay. Which is, which is to say, if you keep the edge success, you will be absolutely incapable of keeping it to yourself that you know this. Oh, you stopped reading. Um, yes. Um, yes. Um, um, do you, I haven't heard much about Gaius. Hmm. I have heard more about Gaius than I have heard from him. Um, Gaius is very direct to the point, issues orders. Not often, very rarely, but he does. It, uh, listening to Miss Hunter describe to Myrus, is similar to how my forefathers described Gaius. Mm. My forefathers described a warm and caring god who lived at the center of a grand temple and who was free with words of encouragement and kindness. I have never heard this Gaius since the world fell. All anyone has known is the general enduring Gaius. You sound sad about that. Oh, I, I suppose I am. I, um, I suppose anyone would be when I, when I think about it like that. Hmm. It's difficult to think about what happened to someone who was so dear to my ancestors. Hmm. Yes. It's... It's, the world just seems to go on, mm. no matter what happens. Hector will keep speaking, and uh, it seems like he will keep talking long after I'm gone, and... We'll keep telling stories about his story, but even if, if he, Gaius, isn't the same as he used to be, it seems like he's making things move. Mm. Yes, I, I agree with that. He has not waited helplessly to fall into despair or whatever else it is has changed him. And we find that admirable. So I guess you guys finish your conversation and go to bed. And my next question is... Kirsten, did you have a scene you wanted to do? Um, yes. So Penelope is hoping to learn more about sailing. 
you know, the actual words for things. So that's what she would be spending her time probably during the afternoon, I'd say, like between the morning exercises and then our dinner conversation is when she would have uh, been kind of like learning. And I, I don't know if it's necessarily a specific like set out lessons or more. She's just trying to get in, involved with as much of the shipwork as as she can and just kind of um, learn through just kind of being on the ship and watching what the daily routines of the ship. Okay. So we're doing a scene in which, in which Penelope learns lessons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it sounds like it's time for our favorite instructor, Professor Cobb. <laughs> okay. Are you, go- are, are you going to pay attention this time? Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. Yes, I, I am. I'm feeling good. She's just woken up from a nap. She took it like she got up, did the exercises, had breakfast, and then probably took a nap. <laughs> and now she's awake again and is is ready to go. Okay. So my question is, is Tissa part of this? Is Tissa also learning how to boat? Um, Tissa knows how to boat, but she doesn't know how to large ship. Okay. All right. So Tissa and Penelope learning how to ship. Pollyanna is soaring out with the seabirds. She's used to flying in different environments than this. The amount of wide open sky she gets at sea, um, she's really kind of taken to. Oh, So you can, you can see her up there in the sky, but she has not been spending a lot of time on the deck. Hmm. She's really enjoying herself. I'm glad. She doesn't get to stretch her wings as much as she'd like, I'm pretty sure. Probably the first place that Cobb will start then, assuming... Everybody is is up for it. Is is rigging? Rigging is mostly what Cobb does. Like that's he did he did a lot of that because you, as it turns out, on big ships you need a lot you need a lot of folks doing rigging a lot. So he will show everybody sort of like now this now this sail you know is called a shroud and this sail like and this rope and this chain. I'm now like you try. <laughs> jotting down in a book and trying to draw diagrams, but it's becoming unintelligible as the more I scratch on it. <laughs> yeah, actually, how many masts does our ship have? Um, this one has two. Okay. It's, so uh, standard for early icebreakers. We've got a lot of ropes then to go over. So many ropes. So many ropes. Show us the ropes. <laughs> I was just thinking that. That's awesome. I mean... I'm sure that's actually where that thing comes from. <laughs> I am virtually certain of it. <laughs> so, yeah, this is going to be a, a big old day of literally showing Penelope the ropes. And, and this is most important, having Penelope call the ropes the right things. Hmm. Okay. I, I, think, I think I'm starting to get it. Like, it's, it's unintelligible to anyone else, but I'm, I'm jotting down, like, little diagrams just to kind of, like... You know, figure out where everything is, how it all connects. Quick, three parts of a ship, go. Uh, stern. Okay. Bow. Okay. Um, galley. Okay, all right. <laughs> Knowing what the galley is is a very, very on-brand thing. <laughs> no, you know what? You did what I asked you to do, so grats. You did it. You passed my test. I learned boats. You learned boats. <laughs> you <laughs> but Penelope is basically a person who's actually a cat. <laughs> <laughs> she 
it is basically a person who's actually a cat. <laughs> She'll learn lots of things. She won't learn what you want her to learn. <laughs> no, she will never learn what you have decided she needs to learn. <sighs> you know, and Sissa kind of sort of says this out of nowhere. It seems really hard to tack on something this big. Mm. It's, if it's just like a one, one sail ship, you just kind of turn the thing and now you've got to court. Is this why there are so many people? Yes, actually. I am going to show everybody here in chat. You know, unfortunately, listeners won't be able to see this, but. <laughs> oh, no. This He's, is all the rigging on a two mast. Yep. There's a lot of rigging. Okay, well, yeah, it's true. Listener, there are 165 ropes or more on this diagram. I would imagine that's there's probably about 165 or more ropes on this ship as well. Mm-hmm. So we have all of these ropes. We have a lot of ropes to deal with. We have a lot of ropes to deal with. I, I would imagine, though, that like we're, we're, we're going to be here for a while, so we'll get, we'll get a little bit every day. Penelope tries her best. She, you know. Do they all have a song like that one does? Because I remember you singing the song for that one. Yeah, yeah, there's... Cobb actually has an idea. Maybe, maybe I can teach them how to sing and how to rig the ship. Oh. <laughs> Thus, cutting the number of lessons he needs to give in half. Cobb has secretly been learning how to become clever from Clara. <laughs> <laughs> She, by the way, already knows how ship works. Cobb also <laughs> leaves the engine to Clara. He is yeah. <laughs> he he is befuddled by the engine and also far too impatient. Yeah, I think she has butted into these sessions a couple times with just her little flip charts, just like engine. <laughs> nope, <laughs> nope, uh, that's not what we're learning today. Go back, go back to your hellhole. Leave <laughs> engine. <laughs> no. So you guys are having rigging lessons and Cobb has taught you a particularly cheerful song um, meant to keep time as ropes are being hauled around. And you are, as you have been for most of your voyage, within sight of the coast. And you are within sight of a cheerful, shining little white port town. The harbor is dotted with just cute little single-sailed fishing vessels. The kind Tissa remembers from her childhood. The air is full of the cries of gulls as they fly in big, lazy circles all around you. And Pollyanna seems to try to join their flock, but very clearly does not quite fit in. It's a metaphor for you, Kirsten. Oh, <laughs> wow. Ouch. <laughs> I'm kidding. <clears throat> but um, you have been informed by the ship's quartermaster that we're running a little bit low and that it's high time we went to shore. We'll do a little shopping. I don't know whether she lets on to this or not, but Tissa is very, very eager to go out somewhere and get lost. For a bit. <laughs> this has been a lot of time in very 
like sort of cramped, not as much novel sort of circumstances. And um, the quartermaster kind of stands aside and says, well, let's say you, Mr. Cobbler. Well, sounds good to me. Let's, let's weigh anchor and head on over there. All right. Our trio strolls down the gangplank into an unfamiliar and adorable city where nothing bad will happen next week on Sword of Civics. Although, I screwed that up. Huh? Weigh anchor is the opposite of what we're doing. It is the opposite of what we're doing, but I'm a very look. Nick is a very bad moving, sailor. Cobb but I'm is a trying to. But we're moving on to to memory time. I remember when I screwed up terminology because I'm bad at sailing. Bad memory. Do another one. False. No, it is not. That is true. I am bad at sailing. Bad memory. Do another one. <laughs> you heard her. <laughs> I liked Tissa's little heart to heart with Marcus. Yeah, I liked that too. That was nice. Tiss is being nice to Marcus. She's listening to him and and not just constantly giving him endless guff. <laughs> yeah, like some party members. I uh, I also thought that it was like, it was kind of neat that, I guess I don't have a specific thing. I think it's more, everyone was kind of bonding together in their own way. You know, I, I think that I liked just the camaraderie in general. I also like that you ate that that gross oh, salt water croissant. You wouldn't bring that up. I was praying in my wicked little heart that you wouldn't bring that up again because it's so gross. Oh, none of my terrible gods were able to prevent this. <laughs> it's because that's because you're not you're not praying to the gods of terrible salt water croissants. How do you know I'm not? Which life? This is true. What about you, Kathleen? I am enjoying the sort of like little bit of an opportunistic streak that we're seeing in Cobb regarding like his his sort of teaching duties. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tweens swab the deck for me and oh, <laughs> I can kill two birds in one stone here. <laughs> Look. He's sly. He's sly that He's old sea dog. Sly. Look, Cobb has low understanding. But he has pretty decent. Uh, actually, he has zero su- uh, subtlety, so I don't know how he's getting away with this. <laughs> That's a very good. I think we just let you say you're being sneaky, I, and we never call you on it. And that's uh, maybe wow. he's. I think he's he's being sneaky. He's he doesn't realize he's being sneaky. It's just it's just ultra instinct sneakiness, just like uh, how Kirsten yeah. sandbags your jokes. Oh. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> it's just like innate. It's innate. You know, how yeah. birds fly, I guess. <laughs> Kirsten doesn't have to be taught. <laughs> Kirsten, Kirsten does not do it on purpose. <laughs> That's what makes it perfect. If I try to do jokes on purpose, it no, it's it's bad. No. Um Oh yeah, no. If somebody made a funny joke and like Kirsten wanted to sandbag it, that I don't think that would happen at all. No, no, I would it would No, that doesn't work. No. No. Like, she's tried it. We've seen it. No, doesn't work. The more in- intentional my, my action is, the less likely it is to work. <laughs> Look, Kirsten, you're perfect just the way you are. You're all perfect just the way you are. Thank you guys so much for playing with me this week. Thank you, guys. And thank you, listener. Thank you, listener, for listening to us this week. Yeah, thank you, listeners. We love you. And send us your sea shanties. Or your sea shanties. Show us how much more you know about sea shanties and ships and all this other stuff that I don't know. 
We'd love that. Mm-hmm. We would love you to share your role-playing memories with us. You can reach us on Twitter at Peach Garden RPGs. You, there's an email form on our website, peachgardengames.com. You can, um, I don't know, whisper them to the wind and trust. Trust that the wind will carry them to us. And that's not really our preferred means of communication, but if it's yours, we'll adapt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we'll, 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 give it, we'll give it the old college try. Absolutely, we will. Um, I'm done the intro, the the outro, right? <laughs> That's all the things I have to do in the outro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all the things you've got to do in the outro. Okay, well, um, bye, everybody. Bye.